Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you with me. It's uh, We're going to continue where we left off last week with the Sermon on the Mount. But before I do that, I want to give a special, a special announcement. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., starting at 6 p.m., there's going to be a debate, which will probably be uh, something that you want to hear. But it's, the debate is on uh, creation versus evolution, and the debaters are Henry um, or Ken Ham, and he's uh, with Answers in Genesis, and also the founder of the Creation Museum. And then there's Bill Nye, and he's uh, the science guy. And so they will be debating on creation versus evolution. And uh, like I said, it's 6 p.m. Central Time. And then it's on, uh, you can see it on the website of vcyamerica.org or debateline.org. I'm sorry, debatelive.org. So it's uh, vcyamerica.org or debateline. Live. <laughs> Debate live. We'll get it. DebateLive.org. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't have God as our creator, if we just happen to get here by accident, then everything we're talking about as far as the Bible and things is concerned really doesn't make a lot of sense if we're just here by accident. But the truth of the matter is, we're not here by accident. We're here because God created us. And as our creator, he also has told us what to do, how to do it, and everything else. And he has a perfect right to do that. So we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Now, this is where Jesus went up into a mountain and talked to his disciples, and there was a lot of other people listening in. And we find out that this is what a Christian ought to be like. Uh, just doing these things doesn't make you a Christian, but it doesn't, you won't be a Christian if you're doing opposite from what this is talking to you about, if that, if that makes sense to you. So, um, we can do a lot of the things that Jesus tells us to do, and we can be good moral people. And But if we don't go farther than that, if we don't turn from our sins and accept Jesus as our own personal Savior and enter into a relationship with him, then all we're doing is 
taking and keeping the last six commandments of the ten. And in order to really be a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, we've got to be turning our lives completely over to the Lord and walking in the way that God tells us to do. So today we're going to start talking about the sixth chapter of uh, Matthew. We talked about the fifth chapter. We went through that. And so at the last verse of the sixth of the fifth chapter is, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And we know that that is perfect love. And the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. And so this is what the Christian life is all about. It's loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. But you can't do this without a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in in Matthew chapter 6, we read this. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have your reward. And uh, so if we just do things to be seen of people, then that's all the further it goes. It, we, it's fine to, to do nice things, to give people things, and alms, you know, is, is uh, giving gifts to people. And, but if we stand up and we say, boy, I really done a good one today. I, I gave a truckload of, of, uh, whatever to people. Or I, gave this and I gave that and we're bragging about it because we want people to see what we've done, then that's all the further it goes. But if we do it in secret, if we are not trying to get attention of people, but we're just doing it out of a heart of love and we're doing it for the same reason Jesus did. You know, Jesus many times did things for people and he said, don't go around talking about what I've done. And so this is the way we've got to be. But people who just, you know, they're just standing around, they're doing it, and they're bragging about it, then that really isn't going to do that much good. And then we come down to the next part, and it's talking about praying. And the same thing goes. We don't just Pray to be seen. There are people that will stand up and give long prayers and fancy prayers and everything, and and all they're doing is try to make you think that they're a good Christian, that they're a good person, because look how well I'm praying. But the, Jesus says to go into your closet, and when you shut the door, pray to your Father, which is in secret, and then when you do that, God will see you and he will reward you. 
But if all you're doing is praying so people can see you, that's all the farther it goes. There's a good example of that in the Bible where there was a publican and a Pharisee. Both of them were praying in the temple. The, pub, the Pharisee was saying, I'm so glad that I pray so often, I give, I, I fast, I, I, uh, give my tithe, and he was going on and on, and, and uh, kind of like, uh, God, aren't you really fortunate to have a nice guy like me? And then the, the publican, he was saying, beating on his chest, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said the Pharisee that was bragging on himself, he was just talking to himself, and it didn't go any farther than as far as you could hear him. But the publican, which was considered to be one of the outcasts, said that he went down justified. God forgave him and he was gloriously helped and forgiven and made a new person in Christ. So we can see that this is the way God wants us to be. It's not doing things to be seen of people, but see, doing things to be seen of God. Now you might ask, well, the Bible does say, let your good works be seen before men that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven and let your light shine, you know, before men so that they can see what you're doing and and uh, glorify your Father. Well, make sure that what you're doing is glorifying your Father and not glorifying you. So these are not contradictory terms. It's just what is your motive for what you're doing? Are you doing it to be just seen of people? Are you doing it out of a heart of love for God and for other people? You see, there's a lot of difference between that. So this is what we're needing to do if we're really going to be doing what God wants us to do, is doing things to be seen of God and not doing them to be seen of people. There's... The thing is, if you do things, if your whole motivation is to please people, then from time to time you're going to have a hard time pleasing God because it's going to be easier to please people than it is God. And the Lord told us that if people hate, Jesus said it, you know, if, if they hate me, they'll hate you also. And so we can't get to the place where we think that we got to please people all the time. For one thing, that's an impossibility to do. You never can please all the people all the time. So it's kind of a futile thing to try, but we shouldn't be trying it in the first place. If we really have the love that we should have, we're not going to just try to please people all the time. We're going to do what's best for them. Sometimes people may think that what we're doing is not the best for them, but we've got to be motivated out of a love for God that will enable us to do what's best for people, not just doing it 
to make them think that I'm a good person. Sometimes they may not. Haven't you heard sometimes your child will want something and and uh, throw a little tamper and you just don't love me. If you'd just do it, you'd love me. And sad to say, sometimes people in their older their older years, they do the same thing. They say, you don't love me. If you love me, you would allow me to do this, that, and the other. They have a kind of a bad idea about what love really is. But you, you see, this can happen. And so Jesus is addressing this, and we're coming upon our first break, so we'll have to continue this after our break. This is Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking today about motivation and why are we really doing what we're doing. And so it does make a lot of difference. Are we just trying to please people or are we trying to please God? If we're trying to please God, then we're not going to be doing everything to please people. We just can't please people if we're going to be please God all the time. There are sometimes you're going to have to run against the grain of what people think and and uh, what their actions are toward you when you do certain things. And so it's very important that we concentrate our time, our energy and everything in pleasing God. You know, Jesus said this. Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father which sent me. And God has sent us as well. He sent us out to be a blessing and a help to other people. But the reason why we're doing this is not so that people will pat us on the back. But the reason we're doing it is because we love God and we love people. And there is a big difference there. So there's three things that are talked about in the first part of uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6. The first thing is about almsgiving, and then the second one is about prayer, and the third one is about fasting. Now, we don't hear much about fasting anymore, but that is doing without something so that uh, it's, it's the idea of being willing to sacrifice something. And it may be food. 99% of the time when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about doing without food. And uh, along with the fasting goes prayer. So we have fasting and prayer. And uh, it's the, the whole idea of fasting is to get closer to God and have more time to pray to uh, be willing to sacrifice, and if we're willing to sacrifice our food and uh, or our time, then we're 
God's going to see what what we're really doing and realizing that we're really serious about serving God. And so these are these are the three things and in our Christian life we one thing is sacrificing, one thing is praying, we pray to God, and another thing is giving. And these are the three areas that we can really excel in or we can kind of just make them a thing that would make people think we're doing great when down in our heart we're just as sinful as anything. So let's talk about prayer for a little while. And so he said, pray to your father which is in secret and your father which sees in secret will reward you openly. But, you know, just praying, some people have prayers that they write out and they read them, and you can do that without any feeling. So when you when you pray, you you should be praying about something for to start out with, and you should be praying with uh, an end result in mind when you're praying, and things like this. But he says that you should not use vain repetition. This is in verse 7 of chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. He says, when you pray, and see, the truth of the matter is we all pray. That So he says, when you pray, not to use vain repetition as a heathen. So heathen, you know, they just say the same thing over and over again. And have you ever seen prayers where you, a person will say something and then the same old thing repeat and then someone else will say something and the same old thing repeat? And you can do that, uh, just vain repetition, just saying the same thing over and over again. Now, you don't get hurt any faster by doing such a thing as that. And he says, and they think that for their, they'll be heard for their much speaking. A lot of times prayer is just listening to what God wants for you, what he's, so we come to prayer for various reasons. Maybe there's a particular need that we have, and so we come to pray about that. Maybe there's someone that we are concerned about and we pray for them. Maybe there's, uh, something we don't understand and we want God to show us what it is and we pray for that. And then there's private prayer, but there's also public prayer. And so we we should not be afraid to pray in public, but it should, when we pray a united prayer, it isn't to make our prayer look great, but for all of us to pray in unison and maybe one is praying out loud, but the rest of us are praying in our heart the same thing. So, you know, there's that as well. But just to have vain repetition, just praying the same thing over and over again. God heard us the first time, and he's a loving Heavenly Father, and he'll hear us, and he'll take care of us. So we just need to give it to the Lord, 
lay it before him and trust him to take care of that need that you have, and he will. And he says, uh, your father knows what you have need of before you even ask him. That's the next verse. So God knows what our needs are, but he wants us to ask him. He wants us to bring our needs before him. And then he says, he gives kind of a model prayer that we're to pray for. And this is what some people call the Lord's Prayer, but really the Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17. This is really the disciples' prayer. This is the prayer that God's people should pray. It's kind of a model. We don't have to sit down and and uh, every time we pray, this is what we pray. But this is a model that we go by. It's kind of, uh, you know, an outline. And so what is the model prayer? And so let's talk about the model prayer for a while. And to start out with, in verse 9, the last part of that, it says, we should pray, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So acknowledge that God is in heaven. And that means that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. We do have a heavenly Father. We have a Father in heaven. And so we pray, Our Father. You notice it's Our Father. It's This is not my Father, but this is our Father. So this is kind of a prayer that that we would pray as a group, isn't it? But uh, we real we need to realize that we're not the only one. That God has a lot of children, and so we need to pray that uh, our Father, which art in heaven, to realize that uh, we do have many people that are praying to God. Now. The thing is, I can pray to God here, and you can pray to God where you're at, and God hears your prayer just as much as he does mine. Now, we can't do that as human beings, so we need to realize, hallowed is your name. God's name is above every name. His He sets out above everything else. And so, uh, his name is the name that we come by. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he, he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on in earth as in heaven. So we're praying for God's will. So first we're, we're uh, realizing that God is in heaven and we set aside his name. We come to him with reverence and with respect. And we come to him realizing that he loves us and he does want to work things out in our life. And then we, next thing we say, your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my neighbor's life, in our government's life, everywhere else. So we're praying, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about God's kingdom coming? We're talking about 
first of all, that he is the Lord of our lives. And where the king is, that's where the kingdom is at. So if God is our king, then the kingdom has come into our lives. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said the kingdom of God is within you. And so when we're praying your kingdom come, we're actually praying your will be done in our hearts and our lives and everywhere else around us. So then the next thing that we pray for, we'll, we're going to talk about this in, in our next segment because we're coming pretty close to our, our next uh, break. So we'll continue this after this break. And I'm Howard Eugene Wright. And I'm on Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Now we're talking about what is normally referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but really it's the, the disciples' prayer. It's the prayer that God's people should pray, but this is not uh, something that we should sit down and just pray word for word. Like I said, it's an outline that we have to, we need to follow. And if we'll have the ingredients that's in this prayer, then we'll be more effective in our prayers. But we can't just do this mechanical. It has to be something that we feel in our heart, something that has that is motivating us. So just, to, and there, you know, there's so many that are praying this prayer in church every Sunday, and yet uh, their lives are not changing. There's so there's some of them you know that are praying this prayer, and at the same time, they're praying another prayer, where they're praying about all the sins and asking God to forgive us for all these sins, and we just keep praying that week after week, and we never seem to get any farther than that. But the Lord wants us to turn away from our sins, and so um, this is not just a prayer that we pray kind of mechanically. It's the thing that we have to have the ingredients that we have to have in our prayers, and it has to be motivated out of love. The Bible tells us that sometimes we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Lord gives us the words to pray, how to pray, and the Holy Spirit uh, helps us to pray. And so we need to be praying in the Spirit we need to have, let the Holy Spirit show us what's important and, and how to pray for that particular thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, uh, he says that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so you, these are our da- daily needs, the things that we need. So give us day by day. Now, sometimes 
we think, what am I going to eat tomorrow? What am I going to eat the next day? Or maybe things like that. But we just pray for our daily needs. And we know that God will take care of those. But he said, our daily bread, our daily bread. So we need to pray this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Our, provide our daily needs. And in the next thing, it's, is in verse 12, says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Here's another version of this. So help you f- forgive us as we forgive others. When, and so we're praying this prayer. And at the same time, we're praying, Lord, help us to forgive others. Help us to not have bitterness. Take the bitterness out of our life. Take the resentment out of our lives. Help us to keep the love of you toward other people. Help us not to to hold grudges and these kind of things in our lives. So... Uh, we need to pray that kind of a prayer all the time. We have so much temptation to get angry, to get bitter, to have resentments, and those things don't help us and they don't help the other person. As a matter of fact, if you do that long enough, you'll end up with blood pressure trouble and all kinds of other things, and it will drive you farther away from God. And is it really worth it to get it even with someone if you lost out with God in the middle of all of that? And so this is what he's talking about, that we need to pray that that we should forgive those who trespass against us as and help us to forgive those who trespass against us, if, if that makes a lot of sense. But then... The next thing that he talks about is in verse 13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours. So we need to pray that God will help us to get through the temptations that we have. And one of those temptations may be to worry about what we're going to have next week. And as the finances get worse, we might have uh, reason to worry about things like that, but we really shouldn't. Uh, a Christian should be a person that just leans back in the arms of Jesus and lets him take care of our every need. And that let him keep us from falling into the temptations that are all around us. There's a lot of temptations that might come our way. The truth is, any dead fish can go upstream, go downstream, but it takes a live fish to go upstream. And so any of us can kind of drift with the tide, but it takes a person that has moral integrity and, and has a, a reason for loving people and loving God that will keep at it to be steadfast in our, the way that we live. And one of our, big problems today is that we can't hardly tell the difference between a a saint and a sinner. And some people even have the idea that there's such a thing as a sinning saint. 
but you have to be one or the other. You can't be on both sides of the fence. Why should we pray uh, that the Lord would deliver us from temptation if we thought that we couldn't be delivered? And so God has victory for us over anything that comes our way that would pull us away from him. We can live a victorious life. We can live a life of of love and joy and peace and all the fruit of the Spirit that this program is is based on. So uh, you can do that if you will, but it takes being willing to and trusting God to give you the grace to do so. So that's the reason why we pray that that God will help us, that we won't be led into temptation, but we'll be delivered from the evil. And some say this is the evil one. This is from the devil. The devil comes as an angel of light to deceive. He comes to turn us away from God, away from our commitment to the Lord. He started that back in the Garden of Eden when he tripped up Eve into thinking that, no, God God won't kill you. You just go ahead and eat that fruit. And, you know, some people try to figure out what the fruit was. It doesn't really make any difference. If God said, don't do it, and she went around and did it, she, what she did, she disobeyed God. She didn't trust God. Now, there was an awful lot of fruit around there. Why would she want that particular one? It's a big temptation to try out something else. And surely God won't send me to hell if I just do a little thing like that. Well, if God tells you not to do it, it's a good idea not to do it because there's a very good reason why God doesn't want you to do it. You may not see it. It may look good. The devil can come to us as an angel of light. He can tell us what how good that really looks and how wonderful it would be if you could just have a little bit of that. But don't reach out for the forbidden fruit because it is not good for you. It's poison to you. There's so many things today that that uh, are forbidden fruit, and yet people go out and, and they do it. And then they find out that God knew what he was talking about all along. There's things today that are in front of people all the time. And there are people who are pushing this. And they're saying, oh, it's okay. So the Bible says it's wrong. That Bible is an, on, an archaic book. It's an ancient book. They, they didn't know any better back there. We know better. And on and on it goes. And this is the devil as an angel of light to deceive in the hearts and lives of people. He does use people to lead us away from the things of God, and we just can't allow that to happen. But so many people, you know, do. They are not uh, listening to God, and and uh, it, if you're not being tempted, then there's something wrong. You must be going with the flow, because anyone who is serving God, there's going to be all kinds of suggestions What don't do it that way, do it this way. It doesn't make any difference what God thinks or says. Uh, you're a person of your own. You can do it the way you want. 
and all these kind of things. I want you to know it never works. It never has. It never will. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays each step of the way. And so you're a way ahead if you'll do things the way God wants you to do. But you have to be in prayer. Lord, help me. Don't let me get tripped up. It might look good, but help me not to fall for it. Help me not to fall for this one or fall for that one. And you know, one of the best ways to keep from falling into temptation is knowing what God really wants. You have to ask yourself, well, what does God want in this situation? Maybe a good question would be, what would Jesus do in this particular situation? If everyone in the world would would uh, ask that question, what will Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this particular situation? Then temptation would kind of melt away. We would have our minds on the right thing. But if the devil can get you to thinking just a little bit about something, he can carry you one step and one step farther and one step farther. And before you know it, you're right in the middle of it and you wonder how you did that. So just like they used to say, nip it in the bud. Just don't pay attention to it from the very beginning because one thing leads to another. And before you know it, you're way out there somewhere and you wonder how you got there. So you don't dialogue with the devil. You don't bargain with the devil. You don't bargain with the world or the flesh either. You you just make up your mind that, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and you go out and do it. And But you have to be constantly in contact with God, and that's what prayer is about. It, it's uh, in contact with God. It's not just asking for a bunch of things all the time. A lot of, of our prayer should be praise. The Bible tells us that uh, praise is the entrance into God's presence, that we should come before him with thanksgiving. We should come before him with thanks and with praise. And so that's really what we see here when we start out saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We, we come out, our prayers should begin praising God. And we shouldn't just do this to get on a good term with God. And we shouldn't make this prayer just, now I've done this, now the next thing i got to do is this, and the next thing i got to do is this. Sometimes maybe your praying will be just on a particular part of this. Maybe you're in a temptation and you need to go and, and ask God to give you the grace to get through this temptation. Maybe you have a, a need. Maybe you have a financial need. So you go and ask God to help you with that. It's not that you go through this prayer uh, one after the other and you kind of have a a list, you know, and you check it off and you say, well, I'm through with that one. I guess I need to go to the next one. No, this is a is a kind of a model prayer. These are things that you are allowed to pray for. And when we realize that we are allowed to pray for these things, it really helps us to see what a good God we have. We're upon our next break. So uh, we'll come back to this after our break. And I'm Howard Eugene Wright on Rivers of Living Water and Talks of... 
is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking about the what is normally referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but really it's the Disciples' Prayer. And we've been going through it uh, verse by verse, uh, almost word for word, to understand what it really means to pray. And prayer is something that's not mechanical. It's just something that comes out of our heart and something we do every day. The Bible tells us that we should pray without ceasing. And wherever we're at, we're always in contact with God. We're always, uh, we have a two-way communication. God talks to us, we talk to Him. It isn't just uh, getting on our knees or, or standing up or whatever other position we have and going through the prayer and say, well, I did it for the day and we go home. But uh, we wait long enough for God to show us what He wants while we're praying as well. And so a lot of our prayer should be, Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do in this particular situation? I have this, I have this, and so what should I do? And every time God will show us if we'll wait upon him. And so the the prayer that we are talking about is the the prayer that so many people pray and they don't even really know what it means. It becomes so mechanical that they can say it with their eyes shut. They can say it um, over and over again or whatever, and it really doesn't mean anything to them. But our prayers should mean something to us. It it should be the best time in, in our day is when we get along with God, when we realize what a great, big, wonderful God we have, then getting along with Him should not be just some kind of a routine that we go through. It should be a joyful time of the day when we can get together with God and pray with Him, just take a little time to do so. But we also should be in contact with the Lord all the time. shouldn't go in our prayer closet and just shut the door and pray and then walk out and and, uh, do whatever we need to do the rest of the day. And don't take any notice of God at all. We should have a constant communication with Him. We should have God's abiding presence. And then the last thing in this prayer, it says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So we start out acknowledging God as high in the heaven, that He is set aside that there's no one like God, that he is above everything else, and he is a wonderful heavenly father. And so we go to him that way, but our prayer should be, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, forever and forever. We should never forget that God is the one that's in charge, that it is God's power and God's glory that will get us through the day, that will help us to live the holy life that God wants us to live. That means that we're separated from the 
things that will pull people down and we're out there trying to help others to uh, get to the higher level. And that's not always easy work. Sometimes it can be very difficult. But, you know, uh, it's worth it. It's worth just turning our life over to the Lord. And when we come to him, don't come in an attitude that, now, Lord, you're a good God, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do it now. And insist that God does things this way or that way. Realize that it's God's kingdom, it's his power, and it's his glory. It isn't ours, it isn't someone else's. That we're in his kingdom. If we're his children, then we're a child of the king, aren't we? And so we shouldn't be uh, coming to God and insisting that, now, Lord, it's got to be this way. It can't be any other way. If you don't do it this way, then you don't even exist. And and all these kind of crazy things. That, and uh, I talked to the Lord, and he never did it. And, and, be, and because he didn't do it, he probably is not listening. He probably doesn't care for me. And why should I spend my time trying to pray when, when uh, I'm just praying? He's not there anyhow. And, well, I want you to know that that... That's a trick of the devil because God is there. And if you really yield yourself to the Lord like you should, like that publican did when he beat himself on his breast and, and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We got to always, when we come before the real, the Lord, is to realize that we're a, a sinner saved by grace. And if it wasn't for God's grace and love, we wouldn't even be able to come to God in the first place. Matter of fact, we probably wouldn't even think about that. We'd be doing something else. So uh, this is a prayer that we can all pray. and But we need to start out by having a right relationship with the Lord. So when we come to him and pray, we're not just praying to ourselves like that Pharisee did. We've got to come with the right attitude. Come with the attitude that you're talking to the God of the universe. You're talking to your creator. You're, you're talking to one that is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. You're his, one of his children, and he takes good care of his children. He's not going to let you starve. He's not going to let you have a lot of other problems that you might be thinking that you will, but he always makes a way. And you know, I found that out in my life, that God always makes a way. I'm not the richest person in the world as far as this world is concerned, but I've always seen that my needs are taken care of one way or another. God does take care of his children. And so it it isn't a waste of time to pray. It's a very important thing to pray. And uh, if we're like the prodigal son out there, in the pig pen, away from our father, then it's a sad thing indeed. And we're not praying to our father. But the prodigal son came to himself, and he went back to his father and found out that there was abundant blessings awaiting him all the time. Maybe some people have given up 
in prayer. They've decided, well, it's not worth praying. I've prayed for this thing for years, and it never has happened. It's not going to happen. God doesn't really care for me, and all these kind of things. And I just want you to know that I've been there, and I've done that. So I know I'm not talking just off the top of my head. I've been there, but all I realize, and you know, you have to come back to it, and you realize, well, God does really care for us after all. And I've found that so much. And God's so patient with me, and he'll be patient with you too. And a lot of people have prayed for things for years and then found out that uh, years later it happened. Look at Abraham. Abraham prayed for a long time that he would have a child. And God kept on saying, well, you'll have one. You'll have one. And he said, well, I'm getting older. And here he was, a 100 years old, when Isaac finally was born to him. Now, a lot of people don't even live that old. But here he was, a 100 years old, and he had Isaac. But not after an awful lot of years that he had been praying and been living close to God, just because our prayers are not being answered right away, that doesn't mean that that you're away from God, that God's not pleased with you. God just has his time and his way of doing things, and we have to wait upon the Lord. When we wait upon the Lord, then we can renew our strength, and we can mount up with wings like eagles and run and not grow, grow weary and walk and not faint. But it takes a lot of waiting. And uh, so don't get discouraged in your prayer life. Realize that God does care for you. Make sure you have the right attitude toward God and toward others, because we also find that if we don't, then we're going to not get our prayers answered. If we have a, a bad attitude toward others, then that's not going to take care of our prayer life. So make sure that you're right with God. Make sure your attitudes are right toward God and toward others. And that you're not, you don't have a unforgiving attitude and things like that. And, and you'll find out that God really will answer your prayer. If you've given up, try again. Get in there and try again. And realize that it's God that is doing it. And He really does know what's best for you. Sometimes we can ask for things that really aren't best for it. So just trust God. And pray and let God be God in your life, and you'll find out that it really was worth it. I trust that what we're saying today has been a, a help and a blessing to you, and uh, I want to encourage you to pray and start out praying for yourself and then pray for those around you and, and let God be God in your life. We've come to the end of our program again, and and uh, we're going to have to close off for today. But I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and this is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Mm-hmm.